You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Wednesday, January 13th, and today we've got Dean Ian Pietro on the show with us. We're going to talk about a lot of things. One, what he was right about. Two, where he sees people being a little too overreactive to what happened in the playoffs. And of course, we'll also be talking about all the directions the Steelers should go. If you like Dean and a Steelers fan who's been around for quite some time to see all the different changes that have happened since even the 70s, you're going to get a lot of experience with his takes on today's show. Let's get into it. All right, buddy, it's the Wednesday episode of the show here on Locked On Steelers. I'm your host, Chris Carter, of course, on Wednesdays. Yesterday, we had Tony Serino. Today, we've got Dean Pietro for his normal Wednesday show. Dean, from WPXI, by the way, here in Pittsburgh. Dean, thanks for coming back, as always. Um, you had a pretty long night with me, brother. What's crazy is, as I was recording the show for Monday in, in the aftermath of the, 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 the playoff loss, I see Dean leaving WPXI because I was in the conference room and he just threw up the deuces and I'm like, dang, I'm, I'm still here. I was thinking I'm still here. Was, <laughs> was it 3 a.m. or something like that? It was, I think you <laughs> left it at like 3.45. I left at like 4.15. My God. It was a rough, it was a rough <laughs> moment. But anyways, we're here. Um, Dean's got a lot to say. We've got a lot to say. No, um, I don't. No, yeah, trust me. <laughs> uh, but we do got to acknowledge some important news beforehand. Um, unfortunate news. Uh, there was the passing of a former Steeler uh, fullback, Tim Lester. Don't remember Tim Lester. He was, his nickname was the bus driver because he was the fullback that um, was the lead blocker for Jerome Bettis. And in the nineties, that was right when I started watching football, that big number 34, he was a heck of a, he was a heck of a blocker. And um, he was a 10th round draft pick in the 1992 NFL draft by the Rams uh, played for the Steelers from 95 to 98. So uh, he was part of the, you know, the, the Super Bowl crew to Dallas. And uh, he was also part of the AFC championship crew uh, with Cordell and Jerome in 97 um, and he, he had a good time in Pittsburgh, but unfortunately it was revealed that he passed away um, at the age of 52 yesterday. Uh, Dean, you know, you've seen a lot of Steelers over the years, but Tim Lester to me, I thought he was always one of the cooler fullbacks of the, of the, the nineties, two thousands era. Without a doubt. Whenever you think of, you know, when Steeler fans now are clamoring for, for the fullback, but this is the kind of thing they're thinking about. Yeah. Is is the way that Lester used to pave the way for for Jerome Bettis. And um and you think fifty-two. I mean, I'm fifty-two in a couple weeks, man. Yeah. <laughs> this this it's just so sad to see see a life lost so young. And um Steeler Nation should definitely fondly remember him and the contributions he made. He was definitely uh you know, fullbacks don't get a lot of credit, they don't get a lot of press time. Right. But he deserved it. You know, he was he was an integral part for those time for that time he was here of what the bus did. Yep. So um shout out to the Lester family, uh Steelers fans, pray for them. Uh that's a tough time, and especially like you said, so young at fifty two, very unfortunate. Um and uh rest in peace to him. And uh hopefully 
um, more Steelers fans listening to this, if you need to, if you need to go back, go back and look up some early Jerome Bettis highlights when he was with the Steelers, you'll, uh, you'll see a lot of Tim Lester in them and uh, you'll understand that. And maybe you gain some appreciation for him if you never got to watch him play. Ah, so moving forward, we do got to talk about uh, with Dean, some of the stuff going on now, Dean, if you, if you are friends with Dean on Facebook, as you could be if you are join, joining the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, uh, where Dean is part of. Um, Dean does a regular sports desk post on his Facebook. And in his sports desk, he gives his opinions. And he because the thing is, Dean's not, he's not a, a, an opinion giver at Channel 11. You know, he, he's the producer. He sets us up. He tries to get me with jokes. He often fails. Um, oh, man. But um, he tried this Sunday, too, when I was in the final word. He tried. He tried. And then our boy, Mike Fowler, I got to get Mike Fowler on this show. He tried to get me like three different times. I'm like, Mike, you're not. I see you coming a mile away, man. Uh, But anyways, Dean posted and I thought he made an interesting post. And Dean immediately was like, people who are screaming to fire Tomlin and cut Ben Roethlisberger, just stop it. Now, of course, Dean, this is immediately where, where a lot of people went. And it seemed like I'd say 45 percent of people uh, you know maybe you know, i'd say about around 60 to 75 percent of people either thought fire tomlin or get rid of ben in steeler nation after that loss and and whenever a loss like that happens especially in the playoffs to a divisional opponent and someone you hate as much as the browns and it's embarrassing the way it was there's those knee-jerk reactions which by the way was my was my final word that on sunday night don't do knee-jerk reactions that's not how the steeler way is Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted you to express your opinion as far as what, what you're, why you're saying that to people. Stop trying to go to these big cut moves. Well, what I appreciate the most about the fan base is how rational and well thought out they are mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the aftermath of a loss. I mean, they, they take their time and you know, put, put some thoughtful analysis into everything before jumping to a conclusion. Um, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> You know, everything was fire Tomlin. He's got to go, you know, cut everybody. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you're frustrated. You lost. Okay. First of all, uh, you didn't lose. Steelers lost. Um, if you're still all depressed on Monday, I don't know. You know, you're, you weren't on the field. All right. You didn't play the game. You didn't suffer that defeat. The worst thing that's going to happen to you, as I said in that little rant, is that a Browns fan is going to taunt you. Take it. Okay? You've been taunting them for years. <laughs> yeah. you you got to be able to take it if you dish it out. Um, I, I said it before on this podcast. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season. Yep. That does not mean I'm glossing over the playoff failures but each playoff failure is individual unto itself. And, and I mean, I, it, I get that it, it creates a totality, but each, each one is different and each year is different. And who's going to replace them? Who are you going to get? Oh, and if they don't go 16 and 0 and win the Super Bowl, are you going to fire them too? Yeah. Are you going to become the Cincinnati franchise? Is that what you want to do? And see, that's the Come thing. on. Exactly. Like, how many teams have we seen crash and burn like this? You know, and, and the teams that have sustained success, it's because they stick with their guy. You know, Bill Belichick didn't win a Super Bowl for 10 years. You know, the Patriots were like, no, we know he's going to get, he, he's, he's eventually going to get, get one. And then he did. Um, 
I mean, you got three more. Um, you know, you look at a team like the Saints. The Saints could have gotten rid of Sean Payton a long time ago, but he somehow continues to make them relevant and put them in the conversation to win big games and have shots in the playoffs. Um, you know, you look at a team like the Giants. The Giants, you know, for a long time, Tom Coughlin, they'd be mediocre, but then they'd have their run of two or three years where he put together something and then they'd make a run at the Super Bowl and twice they won a Super Bowl. And then eventually the Giants were like, ah, you know, we're just going to be done with that cycle. Let's hire someone else. They hired someone else. And now they've been a laughing stock in the NFL for the past, what, four or five seasons? Um, so, I look at just the track record of teams doing that. I know some people are going to say, well, what about the Eagles? Well, yes, the Eagles did win one Super Bowl with Doug Peterson after they fired Andy Reid and then cycled through several other coaches to get to Doug Peterson. But now they've already fired him again because he, the team fell apart immediately and they don't even know who their quarterback is because Carson Wentz hates them. And now Jalen Hurts hates hates them as well because he got benched in, at the end of the season You know, when you're trying to see if he's going to be the guy. No, There's so much disarray in Philadelphia. The disarray ain't in Pittsburgh right now. There was there, there's disarray in the sense that they're disappointed about a loss, but the team at least knows they've got a young core of players that they know are going to are going to be part of the future, whether it's TJ Watt, make Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, when he gets healthy again, Stephon to Cam Hayward, who just signed an extension. You got a lot of young playmakers on offense in Claypool and Johnson. And you're looking like you're looking at Kevin Dotson at being part of the future. There's, there's, there's a core there. That's, that's still being developed and still a culture there that, that, that you can work with. The Eagles are a different situation. Um, you know, it's very rare for a team to take a wild stab and get rid of a coach who you've been very successful with. I mean, another perfect example, the chargers Dean for years under Marty Schottenheimer, they were the stuff and they would fall short in the playoffs, but he would put them in really good positions. And then they would come up short in the playoffs. And it was like, okay, let's get rid of Marty Schottenheimer. What happened after that? The chargers fell into oblivion and they're still trying to find their way out of that. Um, and even outside of football, a perfect example, and I think you brought it up in your post, and with uh, well NFL football, Pitt has two yep. shining examples. Jamie or Jamie Dixon in basketball would consistently make the Pitt competitive, and they'd be decent, but they would never get over the top. And they, for the farthest they got was the elite eight, elite eight in basketball. They fired Jamie Dixon. They bring in Kevin Stallings. The pro the program tanked. It was terrible. Now they're trying to pick it back with Jeff Cable on football. You brought up Dave Wanstead. People hated Dave Wanstead because he wasn't doing just enough. Dave Wanstead lays cratered horrible stuff for pit football and now they're trying to pick it back up with narduzzi it just makes the most sense to, to look at this and say okay if the team was horribly prepared unprepared as in they couldn't put up any points and they couldn't put together anything all year long that's a different situation but they lost a game where their quarterback turned the ball over four times in plays that weren't coaching mistakes they were player mistakes and mm -hmm. they and also Marquise Pouncey snapping the ball over Ben Hens that's not a coaching mistake that's a player mistake that's five turnovers and you lost by 11 that's not a coach you need to get the heck out of here that's a yo the two top dudes that are being paid on offense you need to not hand the game over to the opponent right now I'm not saying like Tomlin's perfect I think people of deal with too many absolutes of course people are like you either have to think that Tomlin is the gold standard in a Hall of Famer, or you have to think he's garbage, and that's right. not the case. He's somewhere in the middle. He is a good to great coach. Yeah. Okay. He's not elite, but he is a good to great coach. And I would rather have a coach consistent with some consistency that puts the team in a position to win as a fan than wondering who's going to be the next coach or not giving a guy enough of a chance to become a good head coach and have success with the team. No matter what hand he was dealt and he was dealt duck and mason last season yep 
he has had zero losing seasons. Can you mm-hmm. say that in places like Detroit, Cleveland, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Arizona? Uh, you know, do, do you want to be like those other franchises? Be careful what you wish for. You yep. just might get it. Same yep. thing with Ben Roethlisberger. Ever retire. He has to retire. He's you're, you're, you're just want to throw Ben Roethlisberger on the trash pile. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? No, he wasn't great. His play did decline. I never said he should be an MVP candidate when he was playing well, like some of y'all did. Mm-hmm. He's an aging quarterback. It is the beginning of the end. I don't think he's at the end yet. Right. And be careful what you wish for. If you weren't alive, look up on YouTube some highlights of the likes of David Woodley and Bobby Brister and Mike Tomsack and Jim Miller and Steve Bono. These are names that are quarterbacks in Steelers history. They have had two franchise quarterbacks, Terry Bradshaw, Ben Roethlisberger. They don't fall off of trees. You're lucky when you get one. And I don't think it hurts if he wants to come back and the money has to work to have him back for one more year while you sort some of the other stuff out. That's the thing. I I, I think that, and I said this immediately after the show, I'm not immediately kicking him off the team. I am having a conversation with him that says, look, it can't run through your arm anymore, man. This can't, the offense can't be about you getting the best receivers and tight ends to throw the ball to. We're going to have to, you know, you probably hit maybe like let Juju go into free agency because he'll command money. Um, Mm -hmm. And we spread out your money a little bit over the next couple seasons, whether or not you actually want to play those next few seasons, we'll guarantee. And, and this is my other proposal, Steelers fans. And, and tell me if I'm crazy at Carter critiques on Twitter, go to the locked on Steelers, Facebook group. If you're listening to this, and you think I'm crazy. Or if you agree with my, my, my idea here, Dean, I'm suggesting Ben Roethlisberger, you sign him to a two year extension on top of next year. So three years more in the league. And in doing so you're saying, look, Ben, there's $22 million that accounts to this year that necessarily doesn't count as it's not officially going to be. It's already been paid to you, but it's counting up to this year. There's 19 more million dollars that are quote unquote cap savings money that if we were to, you were to retire, this wouldn't get paid to you. What we're offering is that you make all that 20, uh, you, you make the money that you make this year and you get, you get the money, you get the money. And we move some of that money, maybe $10 million down the line and we say over the next two years you're guaranteed five million dollars flat in each of them and if you want to play those next two years then we renegotiate we add money to those to those deals but this opens up 10 more million dollars that you're able to say okay ben you're still getting paid this year but this is room for us to make more moves because we got to reinvest in the offensive line we got to reinvest at running back we got to reinvest in maybe some backup linebackers or a cornerback or something but there's got to be moves made and it can't just be what it is right now I think those are the conversations you have with Ben if he wants to stay here. Now, if he's unreasonable and he won't do anything, that's when you're like, okay, that cut that off. But because it's like, we need you to understand that you are not Aaron Rodgers. You're not, you're not, you're not even old man, Tom Brady. You're, you're, you're declining and we need to work. We would love to have you be here, but you got to be willing to be part of what the change is. And the change is in the game plan too. Now. (laughs) Yeah. It does get to other moves that we can talk about later, but um yeah, he has to buy in that you know he's not running the show, and mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll I don't know if he'll do that, but he should. I mean, if it gives him the best chance to go out better than he did this year, I, he should do it. I agree with your point there. He should go for it, but we'll see if he will. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of time to talk about that all off season long. 
We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dean was right about something. I pointed it out on Monday, and he pointed it out to me Sunday. Um, so we're going to let him pontificate upon his rightness. But before we do that, we got to talk to our sponsors and friends at TurboTax. You're unique, and so are your taxes. TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situations, and answer your questions. And on top of all of that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you started investing and want some reassurance from an expert that you're doing things right. Maybe you're now self-employed and need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Maybe you'd rather have an expert file your taxes for, for you so you can focus on what matters most. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live experts can answer your questions, give tax advice, and review your tax return before you file or even do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. File with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Dean Pietro of Channel 11 WPXI. Dean! Yes, I want to hear the three most beautiful words in the English language. Please bestow them upon me. Get Deshaun Watson? Not those three. <laughs> I, I got paid. Did you get paid? Did we pay you? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. But he, of course, Dean, the three words you're looking for was, you were right. <sighs> no, calm down. Calm down. Keep your it's so on. beautiful to hear. Say it again. No, no. You get one of those. <laughs> Dean said before last week, and he said two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, so I, I, I got to take that back. He said two weeks ago before the Steelers played the Browns the first time in week 17, he said it was a mistake to rest Ben, to rest Pouncey, to rest really anybody, but especially Ben and Pouncey in the offense after the, the win over the Colts. And in doing so, he he said, you know, this would this could be a problem. It might not be, but it could be that they come back and they're ice cold to start the game. And lo and behold, they committed three straight turnovers to start the game, and then they were down 28 nothing. So – Dean's assessment. Well, at the time, I thought, you know what? I trust these guys to understand their bodies and think that, hey, they'll come back strong and they'll they'll be able to be sharp to start the game because they'll have two weeks to prepare and be able to watch the Browns play the week before they play them again. And uh, nope, none of that was true. And uh, now the uh, the Steelers are out of the playoffs, and both of them had horrible games. So, Dean, take the floor. Uh, this is uh, this is your show right now. That oh, this is a beautiful moment. I want to thank everybody who believed in me, not Chris. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Look, we can go through history and we can point out examples where a team rested and they came out great. And we can point out where they played someone and there was an injury. Or you can point out where they rested and they came out flat. So there is not one 100% hard rat fast rule. There is a philosophy of what's best overall and what's going to be the best the majority of the time and in my opinion that has always been playing even if they played a half they had gone into that game with two good quarters of football in the last four games and that was the biggest contributing factor to why i believed what i believed that they should not rest because they did not have enough time of enough rhythm 
to warrant sitting out a game and then trying to come in cold on a playoff game and just be everything they were in the second half of the Colts game. I, I didn't see it happening. Um, and in this case, I was unfortunately right. Um, I didn't want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and just in coaching philosophy, I mean, I always believe you've got to keep I know people argue also about whether momentum is a real thing or not. <laughs> I know Jenna and I've had those discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both believe that it does exist and, and it can though. And it builds, it's more of confidence in, in what you're doing and who you are as an offense. And, you know, you didn't get to see that because you took a week off and, and it hurt them this time. Um, I also believe the same thing though, about Mike Tolman giving veterans days off at practice all the time. Yep. I, I understand the notion of wanting to save their bodies, but at the same time, I'm old school enough. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm on the upside almost of 52. So I am very close to get off my lawn, <laughs> but I, you know, where they were always hitting in practice too. And when they could actually, you know, tackle effectively was because of that. I think there are more injuries because they don't hit enough in practices because they rest too much. Um, you know, I have no scientific basis for that, but that's mm-hmm. my eye test opinion uh, because they're not conditioned to the hitting. You can't take that time off when you're not firing on all cylinders and expect to come out and fire on all cylinders. And that was a mistake. It was an absolute mistake and they paid the price for it. Now, it's interesting you bring up, you know, the, the veteran days off, because I also said that that has to stop, too, because especially when it'd be different if this was Aaron Rodgers, if he was playing at an MPP level and he was doing this. But you know, it, it's like it's like when you're when your kid is doing well in school and you're like, you know what, you're getting to n- a night off to go hang out with your friends because you trust them and they've earned that responsibility. But this offense, especially with the way when, when your kid messes up, when your kid gets bad grades, they get a bad, they get a bad, a bad grade on tests. You're like, well, that privilege is gone because you got to step it up. And I think the same thing goes when you're, when you're playing poorly and you're looking at it it's like, you know what? Nah, you guys don't get days off anymore. You guys got to, got to practice just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it may suck for your body and me, but you better ice up better and, and, ha- and handle it. And, ma- and maybe we won't hit you as much on this day, but we will make you, make you come in and make sure that you're, you are cleaner and understanding everything you need to do. And if you can't do that, then you need to hang it up. And but, I hate to bring it up this way, but they're paid a lot of money. That's the trade-off. Yep. They, they, they get paid a lot of money to put their body through hell. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and mind you, this is not Dean saying that players deserve the pain and suffering. And no, concussions no, that they absolutely get. not. This no. is, this, yeah, this is, this is you saying that, you know, listen, we understand that, 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 that this, this is strenuous, but you know, we need you, you signed up for. Yeah. Look, did I want to be there at three in the morning when I showed <laughs> up at 1 PM? Seriously. <laughs> Did I want that? Mm-hmm. No, of course not. But you know what? I signed up for it. I knew it and I knew it was going to happen. So I sucked it up and I did it. <laughs> That's just the way our lives all go with whatever job we have or whatever hobby we decide to pursue. You have to pay the price to get the job done. They didn't fully pay the price to get the job done this time. And I say that ironically mm-hmm. enough as someone I was a, I was a place kicker in high school. And I was the worst practice kicker you would ever come across. Mm-hmm. I hated practice. I could never simulate that. Oh, there's three seconds left. We need a field goal to win in practice thing. 
I'd, I'd miss it every time in practice. Made it in the game. But I was the worst practice kicker in the world, <laughs> you know? Mm. So, you know, a little conflicting with my actual real life, but uh. I understand the value of practice. I do understand the value of it. And, and at the NFL level as well. And, and here's the other thing is that of the top six highest cap hits the Steelers had in 2020, four of them are on the offense. Number one is Ben Roethlisberger at 23.75 million. Number two, number three, uh, number two is to it, but number three is David Acasio at 9.79 Number four is Hayward. Number five is Villanueva. And number six is Pouncey. Wow. Four of your top six players were not assets in that in the, in, in the home stretch of the season. I mean, for and really, if you're talking, if we're talking realistically, the only one who was an asset for most of the season was Roethlisberger when he was playing really well in the first 10 games yeah. um, and, in the, and in the back half of the Colts game. But DeCastro didn't have a good season. Pouncey didn't have a good season. Villanueva had a horrible season. Um yeah, so much was made of the, you know, he didn't get sacked for four or five games in a row, but when you're throwing the ball after two seconds for on a slant every play, well, yeah. you're not going to get sacked. <laughs> uh, uh, agreed. And, and part of it still was they were picking up and giving him time when he had to drop back. I mean, in this game against the Browns where they had to drop oh, back yeah. and, and, and throw the football, Ben Roethlisberger was never sacked. Right. Um, that and I think that says that that says something there. And and yes, Olivier Vernon was out, and Miles Garrett wasn't at full strength. But still, this is an offensive line that you know. And they got back Matt Filer. And I gave I gave Matt Filer hell because he got called for a holding, and the one uh, illegal man downfield wasn't really his fault. It was just a broken play. Uh, but when I look back at the tape, I, I'm not as mad at Matt Filer. And again, I know some people want to say, oh, not starting to Kevin Dotson was horrible. It wasn't any it, on the list of reasons why the Steelers lost that game. It's somewhere in the 50s. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things that need yeah. to count for, but <laughs> but to your point about resting players, Ben, Ben, you know these these the four these four dudes, Ben, DeCastro, Villanueva, Pouncey, all of them, you didn't play well enough this season, and mm-hmm. and and Ben during the ten games, I get it, and even after the, the the second bad game, but after the third one when they lost to Washington or when they lost to to Buffalo. It would have been, I right, Ben, every day. You're here, you're Wednesday. working. You're up yeah. Wednesday and you're, you're up throwing. You're, yep. you're, and Wednesday through Saturday, you're working with these dudes and you're developing chemistry with Claypool and, 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 and Johnson and Washington and McLeod, whoever we put out there, you better have a chemistry for. And, and how many times did, have we, did we say in those, those stretch of, of last six games, we're like, that was an open touchdown and Ben just missed him. And and, mm-hmm. the chem- and even when sometimes it was like the chemistry was off between receivers, that's where you need Ben to have that chemistry. Like the one play where Chase Claypool, he, he does a little stutter step, the corner bites, and he goes to the end zone. Ben thinks it's an out route. And it's like, yeah, Claypool could have, you know, that's an option route. That's an on-the-field decision where the receiver makes a read, the quarterback and him see the same thing, and they make the same play. Claypool saw the open, the open space between the end zone. Ben didn't. He thought it was an out route, and he threw it short, and it ended up passing up on a touchdown on a drive that they where they could have really used use the touchdown um you know it's those type of things that when you practice more on Wednesdays and and you work with it and you and you work to develop those relationships and I think Ben did a better job at this year than he has with in in previous years with young receivers but still needs you there every day working it and getting it in and that's not to say that Ben doesn't work and that's not to say he doesn't do but it's got to be even more and that's so that, that that's my agreeing with Dean that Wednesday practices need to be mandatory and moving forward 
I'm moving forward. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that. And unless unless my offense is, has been clicking all season on all cylinders, I'm not resting you in week 17 again. Are you drinking tequila again? You're agreeing with me? I am drinking Hennessy. Yeah, fair enough. Close enough. <laughs> all right. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, Dean has seen the Steelers go through a lot of changes over the years. So I want to ask his opinion. Dean is old. Well, <laughs> see, I didn't say it that way. You said it that way. But as Dean says, he is old. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk about where they're going from here. I know we've said it different ways, but I want to get some Dean, Dean thoughts on a different angles that maybe they could attack. But first, a word from our friends at betonline.ag. There's always something to bet on on betonline.ag. With the NFL playoffs continuing, you can bet on any of the NFL divisional round matchups, whether it be Rams at Packers or Browns at Chiefs or the Ravens at the Bills or even the Buccaneers at the Saints. You can bet on all those matchups and even some of the prop bets that are in between them. You can also bet on things like where will Doug Peterson land as a coach moving forward. All those kind of odds you can get on at betonline.ag when you sign up today. Sign up today and get a free account for, for betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N, locked on, capitals, all one word, and you'll get your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget the promo code is locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on, all one word and all capital letters to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I mean, the person I don't, the only person I can even entertain in that is Kenyon Drake. Maybe maybe Mike Davis, but not really. Mike Davis. Yeah. Mike Jones. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you get that joke. Not many white people do. <laughs> I need to find a way to clip that into the show. That was actually really funny. Um, <laughs> back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Dean I and Pietro from Channel 11 WPXI. Now, Dean, I got to ask. The, you've seen the Steelers go through several rebuilds, reloads, whatever you want to call them. Um, but there's always been a point where the Steelers lose a tough game or have a tough season. And it's like, where do you go from here? Where do you invest? And that's where we're at again. We're looking at the Steelers this time around. Now, you've already said it's not about firing Tomlin and firing Ben. But everyone in my book is talking about offensive line. They're talking about running back. And they want to get the offense going. Now, I have my personal opinions. We're gonna we're, and, and I've already told fans we're going. You know, for those for those who listened to the show all last year, and you remember mock draft Mondays, we will do mock draft Mondays after the Super Bowl because that will we do. We'll, we'll we're gonna end up doing that for like three months after. You know, so just be patient. <laughs> it's coming. But um, with 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 what's coming in in the Steelers having to invest, what are the top things? Give me the three top things that you want the Steelers to do in this off season to, to, to be ready for next year. And these, right. these are new additions, not just, not just re-sign Ben and, or, or, you know, not, not just have Ben back, but like mm-hmm. top three things you need to see that are different roster wise and you know, where they're going. All right. On draft day, the number one pick must be an offensive lineman. Gasp. That's not sexy. That's not a running back. That's not a quarterback. Offensive lineman. I thought you were going to say that's not sexist, and I was like, you're right. It's not. It's not. Um, 
I can't be more clear about this. Without an offensive line, you have nothing. You don't have a running game and you don't have a passing game. Unless you have an offensive line, you need the offensive line. The reason why so many running backs can get plugged in after major running backs get hurt because they have good offensive line because they block for them. That's why. And if you have a terrible offensive line, I don't care if you're Barry Sanders. Yep. You're not going to get the job done. It Agreed. starts on the offensive line. And this offensive line needs to be rebuilt. Whether Pouncey stays or not, he's past his prime. David Castro, if not at the end, close to it. I put him in the same category as Ben, like maybe one more year. Mm-hmm. Um, Villanueva, I would not spend the money. So you need to rebuild it. And you've got a good building block with Dotson. Mm-hmm. And I think you need another one. And you need that in a high draft position. Because, number two, you can get a running back in free agency. Will they resign Connor? Will they not resign Connor? I don't know that they will. Um, and I don't know that Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland is the answer. Mm-hmm. We might disagree on this, but the name that I like that's out there, and I don't know how much he'll command, but Mike Davis. Mm. I, I can just tell you from from the eye test of having him in fantasy football. Oh, there you go. That's, that's where this is coming from. He's like, he won for me. So he'll win for the Steelers. Well, I mean, he was producing Mm -hmm. in McCaffrey McCaffrey's absence. Okay. He got the job done. Certainly better than James Connor. Okay. (laughs) I had them both on my team. (laughs) On one of my leagues. Um, I like Mike Davis and, He's he's not the BL end all franchise running back. He's a stopgap, but there's some places where you have to go stopgap for a little bit. He's 28 years old. So I mean, you're you're right. Like this, he he would only be here for a couple years. Right. While you're rebuilding your offensive line. Right. <laughs> now, what would you say to a Kenyon Drake? I because uh... he's also an unrestricted free agent. I feel, like he, he's in, I feel like he's injured a little too much. He, did, he um, does get injuries. And here's also the difference. Now, his approximate yearly value, according to uh, uh, overthecap.com, also that's where I get most of my, mm-hmm. uh, my calculations on free agency and, uh, and team uh, draft counts and everything. But uh, I, I look at that and I see Kenyon Drake last year made about $8.48 million. Mike Davis made about three. Now, granted, that could change because people saw Mike Davis step up for Christian McCaffrey, and they're like, oh, oh, no, 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 you're getting paid big bucks. But um, either way, the the signing of a a running back that you trust to be a playmaker would be a way to invest wholly in the offensive line and other positions in this draft. Because the thing is, is that if you wait until the third round to draft another running back, you're asking to be stuck with another Benny Snell, James Conner, Anthony McFarland situation, unless a running back fall, a running backs fall that far this year. Like, you know, maybe if a Chubba Hubbard, uh, you know, falls from Oklahoma state down into the third round, maybe that's a different story, but you know, everyone's looking at the Najee Harris's and the Travis Etienne's. I think both of those guys are gone in the first round, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, I look at, you're right. You got to invest in the offensive line because even if say Ben stays or Ben goes, Whenever you get that new quarterback to come into your system, 
you want them to have a good offensive line. And even if that new quarterback isn't good yet, and it's maybe for God, for God forbid, it's Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges. I know that would make uh, Tony really happy, but maybe it's, maybe it's one of those, like, you know, someone that you're, that you know is the stopgap quarterback, then you'll need the running game to be proficient and to be proficient. You'll need the, the top tier offensive line, which is why you might want to go get a Leatherwood from Alabama. You might want to invest at center and say, you know what? Hey, maybe we go get somebody in free agency or maybe we get someone in the draft. And I think you could certainly afford to take that look this year. Um, again, if you keep Ben Roethlisberger around, you're saying, hey, the quarterback position isn't an immediate need right now um, because you're trusting Ben to hang on for another year. But it's not going to be, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the place where you're like, you know what, I'm just going to rock out with Ben and because he's going to throw for all these yards and stuff. It's going to be, a, hey, we're going to work out with what we get. But, you know, a Wyatt Davis from, from Ohio State. Um, you know, you look at, you know, a Landon Dickerson from Alabama, uh, you know, guys like that who could fall to your lap. And those are guys that maybe, maybe they fall to the second round and you can look at it even then, but you still got to get, in my opinion, a really good offensive tackle. Um, there's going to be guys that go way before you can get there. Um, you know, cross off the guys like uh, uh, Sewell from Oregon or Cosme from Texas. Um, those guys are going to be long gone. But I really think an Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, he's built like a rock. Um, he blocks really well. He played within a really good system. I, I think that's a that's a building block piece. That's a piece where you're like, okay, you're a behemoth. You're a mauler. Get it, get it left tackle. We rock out with you. And then maybe you sign a center. And then you're saying, okay, now that second round pick, now you're looking at guys where you're like, okay, maybe not Najee Harris, but maybe that Trey Sermon guy that filled in for Ohio State, maybe Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. You know, there are playmakers available to you. But Dean, I agree with your sentiment that that running back, or not, excuse me, that offensive line needs to be a factor here. But mm-hmm. I still think it's important to keep looking at the defense. Yeah, my third would be whether it's free agency or the draft. You look at corner. Mm. Um, Joe Hayden's getting up there. Yeah, Steve Nelson's getting up there. I feel like I know. I know you like inside linebacker. I feel like we're okay if Devin Bush comes. We. I'm not playing for them. The Steelers are okay if Devin Bush comes back healthy. And and it's not an immediate need. Yes, you always want depth, but I think you have depth with Spillane. Um. I would like to see them start to shore up the corner a little more. And, and a lot of that depends too. It does Hilton and or Sutton get resigned. Um, but I'd like to see them invest a little bit possibly before it becomes a major need in the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. What would you say to getting another inside linebacker? I wouldn't be against it unless it's number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I want offensive line at number one. I'm, probably not going to budge from that um but i wouldn't be against drafting an inside linebacker in the process that's where i'm at right now i feel like the steelers have to look at it because devin bush going down opens up too many problems that teams can just easily exploit right mm-hmm. um and as we saw once he went down again i brought i think i brought this up with tony uh when devin bush was in the steelers allowed one team to rush for over 100 yards after he was injured only two teams didn't rush for 100 yards right that's a clear problem and on top of that you weren't just throwing the ball over the middle the way the teams were with Devin Bush out there 
but I digress. Um, I think getting another guy who could serve as a help against the run and help in coverage, maybe a Dylan Moses from Alabama, um, mm-hmm. a guy like that could really help you out in those in those situations. Um, I still I, I still think though that you're right. the uh, The offense needs to be the investment now, and at least primarily, you still give the defense supplemental uh, engagements right. here. Now, and yeah. the other thing too is that you could try to work out deals with Hayden and Nelson to loosen up their cap hits and say, okay, we're going to push back. Cause what everyone needs to realize is that 2021 is the problem because of the pandemic. And we're not sure what the cap number will be. And the Steelers have a lot of players that they've been holding up to then, but 2022 is fair game. They have mm-hmm. so much cap space right now. And if there's guys they feel could be good this year and maybe carry on to the year after that, like a, like a Steven Nelson as a number two cornerback, you're saying, Hey, we, we're, we're, we're ha- we have this money slated for you already, buddy but we're going to push some of it down the line. I think yeah. that's a reasonable answer to help alleviate the problems. Now invest in the offensive players you need now to stay competitive um, and, and, and see what building blocks you can pick up in the draft that boost you moving forward. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, one, both, neither. Mm. I'm keeping, if I keep one, it's Juju. If I, but honestly, I feel like both of them would have to go because, and it's nothing against either of them, but right now this team needs to revamp how it's formed on offense. It can't go through just, just throwing the ball the way Ben did this year. It needs to start running the ball more. James Connors is a Pittsburgh hero. Um, you know, for all of the, for how he beat cancer, yep. for how, what he did at Pitt and for, mm-hmm. he was a stopgap for Le'Veon Bell. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when Le'Veon Bell didn't play, he came in and he gave you a really good year in 2018. But he has too many injury problems. Um, he's not a playmaker running back. And when you're not a playmaker running back, you're a backup running back. And I can't if I'm the Steelers, unless you take a super duper duper friendly deal, which means mm-hmm. less than five million dollars, maybe like a three million dollar a year, like the way Mike Davis got paid this last year. There's no reason I, I, I could pay you. And you still got Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland um, and Jalen Samuels on the books for for super cheap on their rookie deals this and Mike season. Davis when I'm general manager. Yes, of yeah. course. When Dean signs him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that's my thing is that I can't pay, pay James Conner for that. I, and I, anyone who knows me knows that I am not a juju hater. I am. I've often right. said, you know, when he's been, when he's been lambasted for things that weren't his fault, when he, when he's made mistakes, I've called him out for it, but what, he is, he is a warrior. He is a player you want on your team, but right now you've got Claypool, Johnson and Washington under on their rookie deals. All three of them can be playmakers, the wide receiver position, and you need to reemphasize your team to run the ball and investing in Juju to stick around will take away from any monies that you can put toward reinvesting in that offensive line or in a stopgap running back. If you don't want to get that in the draft. And that's where I think it's, it's just an impossible decision for the Steelers to bring him back unless they feel, Hey, you're, you're, you're the focal point of the offense for the next four or five years. He's not (laughs) exactly. He's not, he can't, he can't be the focal point. Juju would be a great number two option behind a superstar. Um, And he would be a good number one option. If the passing game wasn't the featured part of the offense. Um, But the problem is, I think you could also say that about all three of the wide receivers they got behind him this year, because they've drafted for three straight years, highly at the wide receiver position. So um, to answer your question, not keeping either of those guys. Either one. I agree. 
and and I don't have any disdain for either one of them. I'm not the anti TikTok or whatever and Juju's off the field stuff, which is just Juju being a, a kid in his twenties. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't care about any of that stuff. And that stuff didn't cause the losses. I don't care what anybody has no, to say. They didn't. Like, no. like you know, his core. And what's what's crazy is, and if you saw this on social media, because uh, and and I addressed this with Tony yesterday on the uh, uh on the show, Dean, when when uh when Chase Claypool went on Instagram live or whatever he was mm-hmm. on. And he said, you know, that the, the Browns will get clapped in the next round. He shouldn't have said that, sh- that stuff. It was dumb, but, yeah. but I, I don't see, I get the, it's so funny to me that the Browns are doing the Corvette Corvette dance and Kareem hunt signed a helmet Corvette Corvette <laughs> with the Steelers Browns score from the playoff game and said, we clapped them. Yeah. It's so funny to me that they're doing the Corvette, but Juju never did the Corvette Corvette dance to them. All right. He, he didn't go to your logo. So so you're literally taking what the Steelers are doing to other teams yeah. and making it about yourself. And it's another reason why I'm just like, I'm, I don't think the Browns have fixed anything. I think that they played the Steelers on a bad day and they and, and, and the Steelers you know handed them a game. I, I think they're better than they've been and they are. Yeah, that. They deserve your attention. Right. For now. Um. But when I see stuff like that, I'm like, you're, you're like, if I'm, if, if I'm, if I'm the Browns, I'm like, yo, Kareem, uh, yeah, these Chiefs, uh, you just played, you, you were just with them. We got to yeah. worry about these dudes and oh, yeah. you're worried about the Steelers. <laughs> okay. But that's fine. But, but again, that's what happens when you beat a team for 30 years yeah. and you, yeah. and then when they finally beat you there, you're still on their brain while they're preparing for the right. number one seed in the AFC and the reigning Super Bowl champions. Um, overall, thing, be, Juju, that's nothing to do with why I but it has nothing to keep Juju around. Like exactly. Antonio Brown, I wanted to That's get a different rid of his story. shenanigans. Okay, yeah. I I don't I don't factor any of this outside stuff into whether the Steelers keep Juju Smith-Schuster or not. It is strictly as a receiver, and I don't think I just don't think given the money, him and James Conner will probably want that they're going to be worth the investment to keep them. So we so our two so I asked for three things. So far, we have invest in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted Mike Davis. Yes. And you asked me if I would keep either of those two guys. I'm going to ask you for your third and final thing here on what the Steelers should do moving forward. My third was drafting a corner. Oh, I thought, okay. The drafting the corner is fine. But yes. I wanted to ask or you. Or signing a corner. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Well, my fourth then, because I'm okay. going to ask you one more. <laughs> I wanted to ask you of all the free agents, of all the guys who are who are set to go, to other teams this 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 year or not other team go to go to free agency this year where do you where do you put your 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 emphasis in saying we have to keep this guy because here's the long list of players that are that are free agents okay Bud Dupree Villanueva Avery Williamson Mike Hilton Matt Filer Tyson Alulu Zach Banner Juju J. Roan Elliott Cassius March. I'm not actually. I'm not going to ask ask for more yeah. of those guys because you don't want them. But right. more guys: Cameron Sutton, James Conner. You know, uh, you know, kind of crazy to say this, but uh, Gerald Hawkins, Ray McLeod, Josh Josh Dobbs, uh, Marcus Allen, who actually I thought did very well filling in this year at linebacker slash safety for them. Uh, Ola Adini, Robert Spillane. Though of all those different names. Mm-hmm. Who do you, who do you when you especially because when you consider the Steelers are cap strapped, who do you pick? Well, you know, in a perfect world, I'd pick Bud Dupree, but we know when they drop the money to T.J. Watt that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I would take him off the list for that reason. Um, I would say either Filer or Banner at this point because we're working on shoring up the offensive line, mm-hmm. and and they're part of that. All right, Filer or Banner, I I I I, I can't argue with those terms. I. I you want to see Banner because you were really excited to see what he he would do this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, but also I could see Filer because he could play tackle and guard. Right. And both of them the versatility. Their, yep. Right. And both of them in their late twenties. So it's not like you're investing in, you know, a, a young versus an old guy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with those assessments. That's, that, that's a, very, that's very astute. That's why we have a Dean I and Pietro on our show on every Wednesday. Uh, but Dean, Thanks so much, as always, for joining the Locked On Steelers podcast. You're a treasure and a gift to the show. Um, we appreciate you Is that taking us. Hennessy talking? <laughs> no, that's not the, that's not that. I'm trying to give you credit. Okay, the Hennessy talking would be me trying to get you with a prank right now, but I'm not doing that because I'm professional. Um, but uh, but all the all things uh, being said, there. Thanks again for uh, for coming on the show. Please let people know where they can find you, follow you, and see more of what you do. People seem to be finding me on Facebook and sending me friend requests, and then I don't know who they are. <laughs> and um, <laughs> But what I'm doing now, though, is I'm going back then to the Locked On podcast and seeing if they're a member of that, and then yeah. if they are, I accept it. So um, I'm doing that. And um, also on Twitter at IMDean16 and still producing the final word on the weekends. We're doing some hockey stuff now on Channel 11. We have our last betis show this weekend. Awesome, awesome. It's uh, it's gonna be crazy. Also, je- shout out to Jenna Harner who uh, won the pick the Pickham show. She did. Yeah, she won the Pickham there. She's not winning them here though, but uh, mm. uh, but she did she did beat Jerome and, and the crew there. So that was that oh, that, yeah. that was actually pretty cool. Um, so I think it's safe to say that I I won the Pickham show. If I won this show and she won that show, I, I should carry carry the belt from that league. Anyways, uh, mm. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> want the belt. You've got to ask her about this uh, later this week. She does not want the belt. She wants a crown, <laughs> a tiara, if you will. Oh, I see. No, if it's like an old school, like crown, like, you know, like I can see the crown. I can see the crown. Cause that, that'd be cool to, that'd be cool to put on your head and wear in, wear in the Cause I, you can't see a belt in the, in, right. in a regular shot on zoom, but I could wear a crown when I hop on zoom and Ben Roethlisberger's like, Chris, are you wearing a crown? Yes, I am Ben. Yes. <laughs> but we need to know you're coming back next year. Uh, <laughs> But all all that being said, thanks again to D9 Pietro. If you're enjoying the Locked On Steelers podcast, please log on or or go go on and subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Leave us a five-star review and a positive comment on Apple Apple Podcasts. Doing that really helps out the show, gets the word out about what you're doing here. Also, if you do the both at the same time, five stars, positive review, you get a shout-out on this this show. One of the recent shout-outs comes from carlos 28 one one two one who at who says love this podcast always play this while i'm at work in the office love how the guys in the show are not overly biased about the steelers great show definitely going to rent to my recommend to my father thank you carlos we have a couple other shout outs that we'll be bringing in to this to this to this uh to this ending part of the podcast moving forward but again thanks for listening to the show follow me on twitter at carter critiques so uh join the locked on steelers facebook group by searching for locked on steelers ask you to join the group i add you as soon as possible and we will get that going tomorrow is the mailbag episode no crossover thursday because the steelers don't play anybody but you the listeners get to ask your questions on this show maybe some of the questions you heard today that you want more expansion on all that tomorrow thanks for joining us see you then